0: back row back there. How are you? Thumbs up. Everyone in the back row, except for one person and the worship team. Well, thank you for being here. Merry Christmas to all of you. We're excited for today to be able to be in a position to worship the Lord. Um, I think we're going to do a little bit of different stuff today, and you're not going to see PowerPoint slides from me, so it's going to be more of a, a conversation and a reflection upon all the things that we've been through. Um, so kind of gear up for that I've got notes section really in place so you can take notes uh, so hopefully that'll work good but for, for announcements we don't have a gob of announcements this morning um, other than to say thank you um, for a great week for those of you who are here for the, the Christmas Eve service it was a little chilly but it was actually really great and I enjoyed the opportunity to be in a different environment to create different memories so I don't know if we'll do that again maybe weather wise should we do it again Heather? All right, it's a, it's a do-over. Uh, so maybe we'll do it again next year. It was just a frustrating because I couldn't keep my candle lit. And I noticed <laughs> that the smart people that brought cups for their candles to sit in, that works good. So that'll be a suggestion for next year. But glad you guys are here. Glad you're online. Good to see everybody. Let's pray and get our morning started. Father God, we thank you for today, the opportunity to come to learn, to worship to be part of your community and your family. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would have your way today with our hearts, with our minds, that you would mold and shape us, that you would take all the things that are going on in our lives and use them to your benefit to bring glory, honor, and praise to you, the only true God. Father, I pray that we would find encouragement today as well. I pray that we would find a challenge In the way that we look at life and the way that we address the trials and the struggles that we face father we put today in your hands have your way with it we pray that we would be able to do um, honoring things before you as we just learn and as we worship pray these things in your name amen
1: amen
2: Um, during our time of prayer right before this Allie uh, prayed out and it really stuck out to me just how a lot of times uh, as we get towards the end of something like we have the tendency to like fizzle out and just kind of be like okay it's almost the end of the year like just I'll get by and, and finish but she was praying out that we that we ought to like take this last week of the year like head on and and finish it strong. So I, I hope we can keep that in mind as we, uh, specifically as we worship today. Just like worship, all that we are after this, after this year especially. are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you, you are a waymaker, miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. shit. stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it In the darkness, my God, that is who you are. And you are a way make, miracle work, promise keep. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are speak to me when the silence steals my voice, you understand me, you understand me, come to me in the valley of unknowns, you understand me, you understand me. So I throw all my cares before you, my doubts and fears don't scare you, you're bigger than I thought you were, you're bigger than I thought, so I stop on negotiation.
3: The father says, "Leave the rest." And the father says.
4: God, we just thank you so much that there's so much richness to be found in resting in you. God, when trials or hardships or discouragements or fears come our way, God, I'm so grateful that you are ever present in our time of need, that you yourself are our peace. God, in the highs and the lows. God, I'm so grateful that you are near. How you sustain us, how you comfort us, how you bring hope. God, how you can bring joy and beauty from ashes. God, you are amazing. And God, I pray that you would teach us how to rest in you and to leave the rest in your hands. And God, give us ears to hear by your Holy Spirit where you would guide us. God, the things that we're supposed to be about, where we're meant to press in, where we're meant to fight harder, and God, when we're meant to just rest and be still before you. God, I thank you that we don't have to be in the dark because your Holy Spirit brings wisdom. You bring truth. God, your heart is to desire us. Your heart is for us to um, know how to follow you each moment of each day. You desire that for us, God, that we don't have to guess. So, Lord, today, as we hear from your word, as we worship you, and, God, as we fight our battles by lifting your name on high, Holy Spirit, bring freedom Freedom that only you can bring. We're grateful, Lord, for you and for this place that we get to come together. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Morning, thanks, guys. Katie, nice having you back up there. So if you want to follow along, the bulletin can be found in the Bible app. If you're unfamiliar with where that's at, um, grab someone near you that looks like they know what they're doing and they can show you. But you go into the Bible app, you look for our location. It's in the events section under the notes. And there you can pull it up and you can actually follow along. And I've got notes in there. I've got Bible verses in there. And it's also a place that you guys can uh, just jot down ideas and notes that have come to your attention throughout this. I encourage you to save it so that that way you can follow along in the weeks to come as well. So a great, great transition that we're making into some new technology. So today, we're going to just look back. I know that um, this year has been drastically different. And I say drastically different. I don't use... Um, This is not a new kind of thing that people have had to deal with. It is not unprecedented, the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. Every generation has difficulties, trials and struggles that we have to face. And I I think that in that, um, what we're going to look at today is what are the opportunities? What is the potential growth? And how can we there have a perspective of looking at everything that's going around us that moves us in the right kind of directions. Now, the change or the modifications that we've experienced have been brought on by health concerns, drastic health concerns, financial. I mean, I look around this room and it's good seeing faces from the past, but I also know that everyone in here has struggled to one degree or another, whether it's on the gymnastics floor with legs or getting COVID, We're at work. We're just dealing with loss. We all have had to deal with certain things this year. And I, I, I wish I could say that next year we won't, but we probably will. There's going to be things that we've got to work through. So as we look at it, I want to clarify one thing. I want to clarify what I mean by the struggle. There's differences between the ways that we struggle. And I think that sometimes we have misclarifications over struggle. So sometimes struggle comes because you've made bad choices and you're experiencing the consequences of sin. And because of that, you're struggling. So that's one kind of struggle. There is a struggle that comes because of the choices based upon ungodly and unholy decisions. But then there's also consequences that we've got to face like trials temptations, persecution, and just suffering because of what this world gives us. Because we do live in a sinful world, or maybe there's just people around us that are sinning, and we're caught in the whirlwind of their consequences. So when we talk about suffering today, we're gonna to talk about it in the, in the sense that we're gonna look at two particular forms of it. The trials that God might give us, and the suffering we experience because of just living in this world. And and through that, I do believe that Satan does try to tempt us. Through the trials that God gives us, he tries to tempt us into sinning in the midst of the difficulties. I also think that in suffering for the Lord, the enemy tries to tempt us as well. Both are filled with opportunities for you to sin. They're also filled with opportunities for you to thrive, potential to learn and to grow and to move to the things of the Lord. So Trish and I have been talking, we've been reflecting on this year, and we've heard it from many people. This has been a hard and difficult year, and I'm sure that it has, but I also wanna be careful here because I know that the suffering and things that we've all endured, um, they're individual in nature. They're also um, not something that I want us to judge or rate ourselves based to other people. And in this conversation, I don't want any of you to feel that your suffering has gone in a way that is insignificant but we have to look at it in a way that we're just honest with ourselves about how we reflect on what this year has looked like. So I look at my year and I, I feel like I've had difficulties this year, but then I look at some other people. I, I asked Dan if I could share about his mom's journey this year. So Barb Timke this year lost her husband and then ended up getting COVID. And then in the midst of that fell and broke her shoulder and then was admitted to a rehab facility. And in the rehab facility, she fell and broke her other shoulder. And so in the midst of that, I'm like, man, that's, that's a lot right there. That's, that's suffering, right? She was able to heal up a little bit, and then she decides to travel to Alaska. That's not suffering, that's like a dream for me. But then she comes home, and she ends up finding out that she has cancer and has to spend Christmas in the hospital after a major surgery and is still there today. That, to me, feels like, wow. So I look at my life and I can look at the things that I've had to endure and I believe that I've had to endure some difficult things from the, the loss of my mother-in-law. But then I look at Barb Timke's life and I'm like, wow, that's a lot going on. And the only reason I say that is to just say, hey, let's be honest. Let's just be real about where we're at so that we can authentically lead ourselves through this reflection and just look at ourselves. Look just where we're at and what we're dealing with. And know that there's always something worse probably out there. And if you, if you wanna go beyond the boundaries of America, there's definitely worse out there. And so as we're doing this, look at yourself, be contemplative of what you're at, where you're at. So I was reading a few weeks back in a Christian leadership journal, and it was a challenge for me because church has been difficult. I mean, this is not an easy thing to do. It's frustrating to have to turn people away. It's hard to see empty seats and to do things differently. But in this article, it really challenged me to look at what has changed that should remain changed. So I do believe that there are things that we've experienced in the course of this year that have been beneficial, things that have brought us closer together, things that have pushed us apart from other avenues that maybe have become idols in our lives. And so that's part of the challenge for you today as well. As we look at opportunity, as we look at potential growth, ask yourself the question, what things have changed around me that I wanna make sure remain changed? What has been good? I mean, for some of you, you know, you've had to renew your Hulu and your Netflix and all that kind of stuff, and you've probably, you're running out of things to binge. Like I saw Sam last night, he was ecstatic because a new show has released its new season, right? That's awesome but that's not the change we're looking for, right? My, my wife and I are running out of shows to watch as well. Um, so maybe that's good in a sense. I've spent more time with my family in the last few months than i probably would have have I not been placed in these circumstances. It's important. And I say that to just tell you that it's important to utilize the trials and the struggles of life as opportunities to grow and to learn. The purpose of life is wrapped into this truth. Life is the opportunity to know, to experience, to worship, and to commune with God. All of our experiences are implements and tools in that journey. All of our situations and circumstances are ingredients for our life to be molded towards the image of Christ. And in many and most cases... Trials and struggles are the forging process. It becomes the hammer that hammers out the impurities of our life. It shapes our life into the person that God has designed it to be. Full, whole, mature followers of Christ. So when we look at life, I think we would all like for it to just be rosy and peaches and easy and smooth. For me, I don't grow incredibly well in those situations. I don't address the things that need to be addressed when everything is smooth and easy. But then along comes trials and struggles, and it's in those moments that I seek out God in a deeper and more profound way. And that's what I'm talking about here. Let's utilize these things. God has given them to us as ingredients to make sure that we move towards holiness. James one, it says this. I always didn't. I didn't like this. It's <laughs> like consider it pure joy when you face trials. Really? How do you consider it pure joy? Well, you start to understand it from God's perspective. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Trials are the things that come from the Lord. The testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish his work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So in that, trials are the things that come from God. Trials are the things that he puts in front of us. It's not a temptation. It's not even a struggle. It's like a father saying, hey, son, I'm going to give you this opportunity to grow and to learn. Now, I would equate it to who's been watching Cobra Kai. I binged that one as well. But it's a remake, kind of a knockoff of Karate Kid. In a trial, in that scenario, would be Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi, teaching Daniel karate. And in that, what does he make him do? Wax on. Wax off. Paint the fence, right? All those things. And what did Daniel do? Daniel's really good at this. He whines, complains. But in that sense, the master was giving the student a trial. It was not enjoyable at the time. But in the end, it taught him the necessary skills and tools to wax on and wax off and block and, and do all the things that were necessary for him. And God does the same for us. See, God gives us trials. Trials for us to grow, to mature, and to learn. That's why we consider it joy. When we see ourselves put in a situation, instead of just going, oh my gosh, I can't handle this anymore. We see it and go, okay, I'm going to do my best here. I'm going to seek out what it is that God has for me here. How can I learn? How can I grow? How can I mature? Romans 5, 3 through 5, in the NIV version says this. Not only so, But we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character hope. Now we know what hope means here. It's an anticipation of the things to come. It's a hope in our salvation. It gives us hope not to be disappointed because God has loved us and poured out into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit everything that we need. The amplified version I really like too. I'm gonna read this a little slower. It says that not only this, but with joy, let us exalt in our suffering and rejoice in our hardship, knowing that hardship, parentheses, things that are distressful, pressure, and trouble, produce patient endurance, and endurance produces proven character, which is spiritual maturity. Now, listen to that closely. Not just character, but proven character, Proven for you and proven to the people around you. Proven also to God. And then proven character produces hope, which is a confident assurance in eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises will never disappoint us. Because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, whom he has given to all of us. So suffering is a little bit different than trials. Suffering are the things that we might endure in this life because we live in a fallen world. We have to contend with sin. We have people that don't want us to be doing what we're doing. They they stand opposed to the things of God. We live in a world where the world structures are going against the things of God. It's just a difficult place and to stand up to that, you're going to suffer. Now I would take you back to the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus standing there, being Being asked to take this cup, he asks three times, please, please no. And in the midst of that, he felt the suffering. Suffering is, it's like a burden to carry out something. Hurt, pain, loss in physical and emotional and spiritual ways. Suffering is doing what is right for God and others in a selfless way. That's why scripture tells us that we are to suffer as Christ suffered. That's the way that we walk through this world. And we might suffer because we have to stand up for what's true. And people look at us and say, How dare you? How dare you say those things? We're going to suffer sometimes because we just got to do what's right. We might suffer because we have to put other people's needs above our own. Both of these verses are leading the believer, us, toward maturity in Christ. Both are saying to us, Grow, learn move your heart, your soul, your strength and your mind toward obedience and God's truth. So this year we looked at the book of Ephesians, the letter to the church of Ephesus. We also looked at wisdom for right learning and then we also finished just recently with Advent. What I want to do is walk through each of those three sections and highlight what I think God wants us to learn from them as it pertains to the things that we've suffered or the trials that God has put in our path. Ephesians, man, that was a great study. I mean, I don't think we knew it. When we chose Ephesians, we had no idea the year that was coming upon us. No clue. But in the midst of it, it was the perfect letter to us. Because what it did was it showed us the way. And I I love that we sing Waymaker this morning because he is the way. Ephesians is a book that says here is God's way. He breaks it apart into two sections. He says here's the way because of who God is who Jesus Christ is. And when you're going through trials and suffering, remember this. Remember, I'm the way. I am the creator. Everything is under me. I am in control of all things. I am all powerful. There is nothing that goes on that is beyond me. And because of that, we are in Christ. That's where our hope comes. When we look through Ephesians and realize that we have Christ's power dwelling in us, When we approach suffering and difficulties, that's incredibly important to know. You're not alone. You know what's going on. I I even take things like death. Everyone in this room will die. We will all lose people that we love dearly. That is not a surprise. Jesus mourned. We as well should. But he also kept the perspective of heaven in place. When I think of people like Barb and, and, and Lynn, I know where they are. I can find hope and assurance in those things. Can you believe folks have to walk around this world and not have that stuff? To not know that there is life after death. Could you imagine the doom and gloom that you would experience in walking through a year like this without knowing that Jesus Christ sits on the throne? That would be difficult. And then we go into understanding the way of how God wants us to work the way that he wants his church to be established. And I think about it too in this way. When we look at the things that are going on in and around us, I know when the Flack family got sick, it was all, all systems go, right? I mean, I'm calling Heather up. I'm like, Heather, we need to get oxygen over there. And she's like calling Drew and we're making things move because as a community, when we suffer, we all go through it together. That's what scripture has taught us through Ephesians. We will rise up. We will surround each other. How encouraging is that to go through this year knowing that we're part of a universal body of Christ, thriving and working to make sure that we utilize all that's going around us. Encouraging to know that you've got people standing with you, right? When your family is hurting. That are things, those are the things that God has taught us through Ephesians. It also then transitions and says, "Hey, because of these things, I now want you to live a life that is worthy of your calling." I want you to be imitators of God. I want you to understand the instructions of what it looks like to truly live holy. I want you to move in a way that you understand that you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Find out what pleases God and do it. Figure it out. Don't do things that are displeasing to God. That's what it looks like to be imitators of Christ Jesus. So as we look at Ephesians, there's a lot in there. But what I want you to ask yourself, what is is the nugget or two that I need to take away this year? Maybe recalibrate the way that you've looked at 2020 based upon the teachings of Ephesians. Maybe you need to put Christ in a different place in your life. Maybe you need to look at the struggles and difficulties based upon how we are as a body. Or maybe you just got to look internally and ask yourself the question, have you been living a life worthy of the calling that God has put upon you? Next, we looked at wisdom for right living. We spent a lot of time praying through this. And I think for us, we just saw what was going on in the world around us. And we believed that it was necessary for the church, for your pastors to speak and pull God's word out and address all of the things that we were seeing in and around us because of COVID, because of racial unrest, because of all of the circumstances. And so we decided to dig in and do a series on wisdom for right living, the thing that I've learned from this based upon everything that was going on, no matter how wacky and crazy it might have looked, no matter what images we saw on CNN or Fox News God's word is relevant God's word is relevant it will address any and all things in your life and give specific insight to all of our trials and all of our sufferings Hebrews Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It will penetrate even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit to joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. 1 Peter 1.25, which is taken from Isaiah 46 through eight says this, people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass will wither and the flowers will fall, but the word of the Lord will endure for forever. So God's word stands true through everything. Great things have happened, great people have lived, wonderful projects have been accomplished, buildings. It will all crumble, it will fall. But the word of the Lord will remain for forever because it is active and it is alive and it is relevant to anything and everything you might find yourself having to deal with. We talked about anxiety, just the anxiety that were people were feeling. And we looked at the statistics and the mental health issues and all the things that we were seeing happen in our culture because of the isolation and the loneliness. So we wanted to come at it and really address, okay, well, if you're dealing with anxiety, what does God say? Well, he encourages us to cast all of our anxiety upon him because his burden is light. To recalibrate our perspective, to see things through God's eyes in a way that maybe we weren't. Community, remaining connected to the church, the importance of not being isolated and alone. Racial inequality, racial injustice was huge. We wanted to make sure that we leaned into that, to make sure we gave perspective of exactly what God's heart is as it pertains to justice to treating people appropriately, to whose salvation is available for. So we decided to do that in a way that addressed specifically what we were dealing with. And then authority, for whom do we trust, who do we follow, and where do we place our hope? Bottom line, and as Katie said this, Jesus has settled the issue of authority. God is the only one worthy of worship, praise, glory, and honor. Because you see this, only one person can sit on the throne of your life. It's either you, something else, this world, a job, your hopes and dreams about some kind of success, or Jesus. There's only one throne. And as we learned through this, much of the problems that exist is because Jesus is not sitting on the throne of our lives. And we find ourselves being tossed around like waves on the ocean. No direction. We talked about politics. Reminder that our future is not going to be wrapped up in a President Joe Biden or President Trump or whoever the president is in four years, eight years. Our future is wrapped up because Jesus is king. He is our Lord and he is our hope. I I think it's funny. Do you know how many other countries there are in the world? Trivia be fun if someone gets this. Neat, 100 close, really close though. That was good. 193. So there's 192 other countries in our world, and guess what? God is equally and passionately concerned about the other 192 countries. I guarantee you, you probably can't name the president or chancellor or whoever oversees maybe five of those countries hundreds of countries where christ is king he is lord of lords and king of kings and so we've got to move beyond the way that we just see the world around us and recognize the authority the perspective of who god is but even in the middle of that we also have to recognize where we truly belong my birthplace might be the united states my mailing address might be 80401, Golden, Colorado, but guess where my citizenship is? It's in heaven. It's wrapped up in the promises that Christ made on the cross and the forgiveness of my sins. That is my citizenship. And I recognize that I put Christ on the throne of my life. And then we experience through Proverbs one, Proverbs two and Proverbs three, the importance of leaning not on our understanding, but leaning on God's understanding. If we lean on our own, just us trying to figure things out, very clearly it leads to death. If we lean on the understanding of Christ to, to disclose through his word, his relevant word, about where we should go, there's life. But I guarantee this, this is where part of the struggle comes. That's not easy. Because to move towards life, you've got to deal with difficult things. You've got to say yes and no to things in your life. And then we move to Advent. The theme of that was really clear to us, the coming of the king. Because as we're in the middle of a tumultuous season of politics, again, it was a reminder, our king is Jesus. We're two days past Christmas now. Advent continues today. It is now the time to start looking forward. The king arrived and he established a new covenant when he did. I was reading a book early in my Christian journey. It was by Bill Hybels, who was Willow Creek pastor. And it's it's titled, Who You Are When No One's Looking. To me, that was really valuable because I was living a fairly sinful life. There were just a lot of things that at that time when I was an early believer, I still got junk now. But back then, I just had a lot of junk. And this book really hit me on the head. One of my, my mentors back there, Jeff Craig gave it to me and just said, hey, listen, this would be important for you to read. And what I realized is I was doing a lot of things and it really addresses the type of character that you have when no one's looking. Like when all of the agendas are off the table, it's easy for me to stand up here and act a certain way because I got a camera, I've got an audience, my son's sitting over here, but who are you when no one's looking? When there's nothing on the line, what decisions do you make in the dark? So that carried me for a while, but I've kind of started to change it a little bit. My my thought now is, who are you when God's looking? Because I realized that God sees everything. There is no hiding anything from him. So now the actions of my life are now asking the question of, who are you when God is looking? Who are you and what kind of decisions are you making? And what kind of expectations are you setting as you move forward? What would it look like if Jesus showed up in any activity that you've found yourself involved with in the last few weeks? Would you be proud? Would be like, "Oh, hey, Jesus, come on. Or Would Or be like, "Oh, dear, I got to hide some stuff." Right? He sees that stuff. So a funny story, in my house anytime my wife and I start cleaning up, my daughter says, "Who's coming over?" <laughs> We don't live, like, in a messy house. Our house is generally pretty clean, but we'll, you know, start straightening things up. And she's like, who's coming over? You know, especially if we start, like, getting out some meal stuff and we're actually cooking a real meal. She's like, who's coming? And it just kind of made me chuckle. Because I think that's a lot of times what we do when we're approaching spiritual things. We, we try to do it in such a way. But here's what I want to challenge you with doing it in that way that you're prepared that jesus might return today and i've said that a few times over the last few weeks so mike Flack, senior many many years ago preached what to me was a life-changing message um, and it was entitled perhaps today when i think about advent i think about the struggles that we face the thing that i'm impressed with the thing that i want to walk away with is that perhaps today so if we're going to wait If we're really gonna take Advent seriously and wait in anticipation, we're gonna do what Trish and I do when guests are coming over. We're gonna keep our house clean. We're gonna make sure that meals are ready. Because perhaps today. So live in such a way, not like a year from now or months from now, today. Make decisions today and it goes with exactly what you were saying, Allie, in prayer. Let's finish strong. But not just this year. Let's finish our lives strong. Let's live in such a way that if Jesus did return in the midst of anything that you're doing, that if he came perhaps today, you would be able to open your arms and say, thank you, Lord. And I think we probably would anyways, even if we were in really awful situations, we'd be like, finally. But this is a challenge for me. When I I think about Jesus arriving, I think about it, I just wanna make sure that I'm doing things that are obedient and honoring, that reflect him, not just to myself, but to the people that are around me. Live in the moment. Don't live in the past. Let's let 2020 be that, in the past. But let's learn from it. Let's grow from it. Let's move things into our life that need to remain because of it. And now let's live today well, today. Tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. But as we look into 2021, there's going to be a lot of vision casting, a lot of goal setting. And I think that's okay. But once we hit January 1st, 2021, everything is not going to change. You, however, have an opportunity to adjust your life in a way that on January 2nd and January 3rd, you live in such a way that perhaps today Jesus returns. So... Some questions to ask for yourself. This is application questions. What have you learned from 2020 because of the struggles? What are one or two things that you think you've really learned? And in that, what things have changed in your life that should remain changed for the future? Have you realized something that you took for granted and will appreciate more in the future? That's a big one for me. I, I think I've realized a lot of things that I've just taken for granted, and because of that, I want to make sure that in the future, I don't, that I honor those things even more. And then this is a tough one. Where is God in the midst of those struggles, those trials, as you journey through your life? So it's, it's important, even when things are a mess, whether it be a trial or a struggle or even you're enduring a temptation or maybe you've sinned and you're dealing with the consequences, ask yourself this, where is Jesus in this? What does he have to say to me through this? What encouragement, what challenge? What is true, what is not true? And where is Jesus in the middle of it? So all these questions, hopefully you can take back over the next week as you're preparing to look towards 2021 to challenge yourself. How can I have a perspective that utilizes the trials and suffering of life to move me closer to the Lord? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I I do thank you. Sometimes I'm not always thankful when I'm enduring a trial or a struggle, or even if I've sinned and I find myself dealing with the consequences of the sin. Don't always enjoy it. Father, I pray that you would help me to find joy in it, that you would help me to experience those things in a way that I move forward towards you, that I will take steps towards who you are, the things that you are, your your truth and your promises and the hope that I have, which is established in my salvation. I pray all of that for us too. Everyone in this room, everyone online, Holy Spirit, just open the eyes of our hearts. Help us to experience you in the way you want us to. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.
3: So... Um... One thing that stuck out to me, that Kevin was saying, um, was just how our trials shape us. Um, And I think a common theme I've heard with people is just like, yeah, 2020 was so bad, we're just gonna erase it out of our life. Like it didn't happen, it was just erased. And um, I think, for us as Christians, it's so important that we um, don't do that ever, (laughs) and that we say, um, it is well, that we can look back at trials and suffering and say, it is well, just because we know where our hope is found, and um, that God is there working, even when we don't see it or feel it, He's there, and He's shaping us, um, and He's preparing us for the day he returns, and so um, as we just continue to reflect on this year, um, let's just really declare that it is well. Before
2: moved by the sound of his voice, seas that are shaken and stirred
3: can be calmed and broken from
2: my regard through it all through. Oh my eyes are Since we're Stray You're the heaven where my heart is. In the Highlands and the Arctic, all the
3: same. Sing whatever I walk through one more time.
2: Whatever I walk through, wherever. Sing through the shadows, my song was sent.
1: Mm. It it's kind of awkward with the bass, but um, as we were singing the last song, actually, it as well. Ooh. Um boy, twenty twenty's been pretty crazy for different reasons and Kevin touched on that a bit. And, um this song It is well just got me thinking of you know, there's a line that says, My eyes are on you, it is well with me. Um how life gets crazy pretty much it can get crazy every year, anytime. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's this year or the next but just how your perspective changes when you put your eyes on on God and just focus on how he changes life and and I think Paul talks about being content in every situation Um, I think just putting God into perspective makes all our problems look pretty small. He's a God who created everything and God who planned everything and makes sure that everything runs smoothly. He's in charge. So uh, one time Gus told me, we were talking about it, and he said, big problems means you see a small God, but when you look at God and you see a big God, you end up with small problems. That's just share.
3: So we're going to end with um, raise a hallelujah. Um, And I think it's just so relevant with with what we're singing. Um, Just declaring that it is well and declaring how um, amazing and big our God is um, and choosing to sing through the shadows, our song of ascent um, and just this idea of praising him is how we fight our battles. And so um, whatever we've walked through, whatever we're going to walk through, um, we're just gonna choose to praise him um, and fight our battles that way. So let's stand and sing this song together.
2: I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies always a See? defeated, the King is alive
3: You that you came to this earth to live among us and to die for our sins. God, you are alive. You are the reason we sing. God, you have already won. So God, we choose to praise you in the midst of everything, all of our suffering, every trial. God, we choose to praise you. You are alive and you've already won. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray, amen. I thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.